Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for this opportunity to minister to these, your precious sheep. I thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit is here to teach your word with simplicity and understanding. I thank you, Lord, for an abundance of peace and truth being revealed. And, a and as a result of it, we all are strong and mighty warriors for the body of Christ. Hallelujah. If you believe that with me, shout amen. 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 Before you greet your neighbor while you're still standing, I want you to read the scripture with me. First Samuel chapter 17. Verse 53 from the Amplified Version. It's not, it's not long, so I know ladies, some of y'all got those, those pair of shoes on. <laughs> so I'm not going to have you standing long. Read it with me. It says, And the Israelites returned from their pursuit of the Philistines, and they plundered their tents. Go ahead and greet the person next to you. Let them know you're excited about them being here. And, and have a seat. Who's here? Hey, man. Hey, Deke. Deke, can you get me that um, the water bottle and the napkin? Hey, man. Thank you, sir. All right. I don't know why I get up here and my eyes start watering, so. You know, some, a few weeks ago, um, the Holy Spirit began to prepare me for this message. And um, the only thing was, is at that time, I didn't know that I'll be teaching this message. I didn't know I was going to be here. But he did, you know. And uh, I mean, it's just like God. It's a part of what he does. He always prepares us for things that he knows that's coming. We might not know what's coming, but he knows it's coming. And he already begins to prepare us and, and provide us and give us things so that we'll be equipped for what he knows is coming. Because that's the type of God he is. You hear what I'm saying? He's good like that. If you don't get nothing else out of the message, you got that one. Glory to God. So he began, to, he, he started talking to me about this, this, the message, and this is what he shared with me. He said that, you know, some of my people haven't even gotten started yet. That's what he said. Some of my people haven't even gotten started yet. And the scripture that he brought me to is in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And um, you, you might not know where it is in the Bible, but you know the story. It's where um, Israel, Israel is on one side. They, they're in the valley. Israel and the Israelite army is on one side and the Philistines and their army are on the other side. And he says that many of my people are like Israel on that day, standing, dressed for battle, but ain't doing much. Just standing there. And, and, and I don't know where you're from, but where I'm from back in the day, when it came time to fight, we used to have this saying, you know, ain't, ain't nothing stopping us but space and opportunity. 
Anybody from that hood? You know, we got a few of them up in here. Okay, I ain't by myself. Ain't nothing, there's nothing in between us but space and opportunity. And the same thing is true with many of us. We're standing and the enemy is on the other side and there's nothing in between but space and opportunity. And I often wonder, I wonder why, why, is, why are they just standing there? I mean, what, do they, what did they expect to happen? They're just standing there. They're standing there. Enemy all up in their territory, but they're just standing there. Enemy all up in the place that God gave them in order to have dominion. God gave them that land. Enemy is there, all in their business, all in the way. They can't even function the way that they want to function, can't even do the things that they want to do because the enemy is occupying their space and they just standing there. I wonder, why, 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 why are you standing there? What are you waiting for? And I often wonder, how long would they have waited? I mean, what would have happened if David wouldn't have come? Thank God for David. Thank God that he did come. Thank God that he did come and defeat their enemy. But God says many of us are just standing and we're just waiting and waiting. And time has gone past and we're just standing and the enemy is all in our business, all in our territory, all in our garden, all in the place that God has given us to have dominion, all in our family, all in the church, all in the community, all in the society, all up in your school, all up in your area. You can't even have dominion the way that God called you to have dominion because the enemy is occupying your space and we just stand in there. Just standing there, just tolerating them, just tolerating them in my space. Like, what are we waiting on? Who are you waiting on? See, thank God Israel had David. But this is what I came to talk to you about today. This is the title of the message. David ain't coming. Nah, God's like, I did that one already. <laughs> David ain't coming. Why are you waiting? David ain't come, coming. Why are you looking for a substitute? David ain't coming. Why are you looking for an alternate? David ain't coming. Why you, you, I, you know, in the picture I have in my head is that some Christians, it's like they're in the wrestling ring and they reaching for the corner, wanting to tag somebody in. But nobody's in that corner. David ain't coming because Jesus already came. Amen. Oh, that's good news right there. David ain't coming because Jesus already came. Listen, the purpose of this message is to encourage you, the believer, to live a life in positive response to the finished work of Jesus. The purpose of this message it's to encourage you, the believer, to live a life in response of the victory that he has already gained. We are secure in Christ. We're secure in his victory. 
His victory is firm. His victory is fastened. His victory will never give way. It's tight. It's firm. It's solid. I can put my whole weight on it. It's unyielding. It's not moving. It's secure. He is fastened down. I can trust it. I can step out on it. I can use it. It's safe. It's dependable. It's reliable. It's not changing. There's nobody that's going to come and undo what he's already done. So I can step out and put my full weight on it. We're secure in Christ. We are secure in Christ's victory. It's safe. So go ahead and step out on it. Go ahead and step out on it. The purpose of this message is to get you to step out on it. Go ahead and step out on it. What are you waiting for? Who are you waiting for? It's time to go ahead and step out. The dream, the vision, the idea, it's time to step out. What you waiting for? It's time to step out. It's time to run the enemy out of your space. It's time to say, no, I'm not tolerating you occupying space that God gave me. It's time to step out on his victory. It's time to step out. It's time to step out. I'm not I'm not tolerating you in my health. I'm not tolerating you in my wealth. I'm not tolerating you in my house. I'm not tolerating you on my job. I'm not tolerating you in my neighborhood. I ain't tolerating you next door. I don't want you next door. I don't want you in the cubicle next to me. I ain't I ain't having it. It's time to step out. Glory to God. It's time to step out on it. In Exodus chapter four, it's a familiar passage of scripture. You heard the story before. It's about Moses. Moses gives his response to God. God calls him, says, listen, I want you to go to Egypt. I want you to talk to Pharaoh. I want you to tell them to let my people go. We know that story, right? It's in Moses. It's in Exodus chapter four. What happens in Exodus chapter three? In Exodus chapter three, God gives Moses the rundown. He tells him how it's about to happen. He tells him the whole plan. He tells him the end of the story before the story even begins to unfold. He tells him, he says, he says to Moses, he said, listen, I've seen the affliction of my people. I've heard their cry. I see what Pharaoh's doing to them. And I'm going to take them out of this land and I'm going to put them in a land that flows with milk and honey. He tells him, I'm going to do it by great work. I'm going to do it by my great power. I'm going to do the wonders and all these things. And yet Pharaoh's going to be hard headed, but I'm going to break the old boy down and I'm going to get my people out of Egypt and I'm going to deliver them into the promised land. He tells him everything that's going to happen before it happens. And he speaks to him from a burning bush. And after all of that, in chapter four, we see how Moses responds. And it's so interesting. It's so interesting because as God is telling him what's going to happen, as God is telling him about the wonderful things. Matter of fact, when Moses just walking, tending the sheep, he caught, you know, the burning bush caught that corner of his eye and he looked over and he wants to go over and see what's going on. Right. And God begins to speak to him and God speaks to him out of the, the bush and tells him to come, come and see. And Moses throws his hands up and says, yeah, I'm going to come. I'm coming to see Oh, man. And he's excited. 
And God begins to give him the rundown. And while God is giving him a rundown, I can see Moses nodding his head and saying, yeah, yeah, oh, that sounds good. Ooh, what you going to do to Pharaoh? What you going to do to Egypt? You going to deliver the people? Oh, that is awesome. I mean, it is great. Moses is all in until you get to Exodus chapter 3, verse 10. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 10, God says, You know, God tells him, I'm the God of your fathers. Yeah, all the things you heard about me. Yeah, I did that. He says, I've seen the affliction of my people. I've heard their cry. I've come down to deliver them from Egypt. I've come to bring them out of the land and into the flowing land of milk and honey. And then in verse 10, he says, come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people the Israelites out of Egypt. And at that point, I mean, Moses was with him. But right there at that point, Moses was like, oh, pump your brakes. Hold on, brother. I don't know about that. Moses was like, I was with you with all the wonderful things that you said that you were going to do. But if you want me to be a part of that, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. And what's funny is, is that when God gave Moses the invitation to come see the burning bush, Moses was excited. He excitedly responded with like, he was like, here I am, here I am, me, me. It's like the little kids, you know, you ask them something to do and they all got, here I am, here I am. Moses was excited about going to witness a miracle. Moses was excited about going to see somebody else do something wonderful. And the word that he uses, the word that he uses in English, we say, he says, it says that he responded, here am I. But what that word that he uses actually means, it goes deeper than, you know, like responding to a roll call. You know, somebody call your name, you raise your hand. No, it's deeper than that. What Moses is actually saying, Moses is saying, here I am available for whatever you want. Here I am in my fullness. Here I am with my good. Here I am with my bad. I want you to examine me. Look me over. See my pluses and my minuses. See my good and my bad. See my strengths and my weakness. Moses is like, if you just want to if you just want to show me something great. Here I am in my fullness, ready to go see it. Right. That's how he responded at first. But when God says, no, I want to use you to do this great thing, Moses is like, mm, uh, I don't know about that. And he withdrew. Same weakness, same strength, same Moses. Moses knows Moses. Moses knows what he's able to do. Moses knows what he's not able to do. But he withdraws. Why? Because it's much more easier. It's much more easier to witness wonders from someone else. It's much more easier to allow someone else to wear the weight of the miraculous and watch. And many times we'd rather watch. And many times in our lives, we find ourselves just watching. And we hear about the great things that need to be done, and we just want to watch somebody else do it. And we'll cheer on somebody else doing it. We'll celebrate somebody else doing it. Hopefully they take some pictures and they post it on Facebook and Instagram. We'll like and click and like and share the wonderful things that somebody else is doing. But if you want me to go, I think I got plans for that day. We're not so quick to respond. We're not so quick to respond. 
And you know the thing about Moses in this situation? He comes up with excuse, one excuse after another, one excuse after another. But the wonderful thing is that God gives him one sign after another. For every excuse he gave, God gives a sign. For every excuse he gave, God provides an answer. For every weakness he communicates that he has, God has a solution. For every insufficiency he thinks he has, every reason he thinks that he shouldn't go, everything he says that should disqualify him, God provides something that qualifies him. Oh, my goodness. And that's just like our God. That is so wonderful. It's just like our God. And another surprising thing about this situation with Moses, he sees these wonderful things happening. I mean, God is speaking to him from a burning bush. Moses comes up with one reason why he can't do it. God says, listen, what's in your hand? Moses picks up the rod. So he lay the rod down. He lays the rod down and the rod becomes a serpent. He picks the, the serpent up and the serpent becomes a rod. God says, if they don't believe you for your words, then there you go. That's something that you can do. Use that as a sign. Moses comes up with another reason why he can't do it. OK, God says, well, look at your hand. Look at your hand. Take your hand, put it in your coat. So he takes his healed hand, puts his healed hand in his coat, brings his healed hand out and it's not healed anymore. Now it's a sick hand. It's withered. It's, it's leprous. God says, take that sick, withered, leprous hand, put it back in your coat. Take it out. He takes it out. And now the leprous hand is a healed hand. See, if they don't believe you for your words, if they don't believe you for the rod, then use this sign. And God said, and Moses says, well, you know, I, I, I still, I just, I can't do it. Well, God says, go take some water. Go, you know, scoop up some water. Pour the water on the dirt. The water turns to blood. So if they don't believe you for the words, if they don't believe you after the rod, if they don't believe you after the hand, then do this. So God provides one sign after another. And Moses is at the point that many of us get to where he knows that God can do it. Moses isn't doubting God's ability to do it. Moses is looking at God and say, yeah, great. I know you can do this. But the problem I have is, is I just don't see how I fit into this picture. See, listen, doubt is one thing. Doubt is one thing, but self-doubt is deeper. See, Moses had gotten to the point where he says, God, I know you can do this, but I don't know. I don't see myself in this. Moses is doubting self. You understand that? Moses is doubting self. So Moses finally says, you know what? You got to send a substitute. Send somebody else. I know you can do this, God, but I know you can do this through someone else. And many of us find ourselves in that same place where we're looking for God to do it. But just, you know, I'll be glad to support somebody else. I'll be more than glad for you to do this through someone else. Because no one wants to carry the weight of the miraculous. Understand that the weight is not yours to carry. Every time Moses presented an in adequacy. Every time Moses presenting, presented something that, you know, uh, a deficiency or a flaw in his character, God provided a solution for that. And then greater than that, God comes and he says something. 
in chapter four, verse 11. Chapter four, verse 11, God says, Moses says, you know, I got this thing with my tongue. You know, you want me to go speak to Pharaoh? I can't even talk, you know. And, and he says, he, he makes this point. He says, you know, before you even showed up and before you even said all this great stuff to me, I couldn't talk then. And since you've shown up, I still can't talk. And God responds to him. He says, who made man? Who made man's mouth? God says, who made the person that's able to speak? Who made the person that can't speak? Who made the person that can see? Who made the person that can't see? Who made the person that can hear? Who made the person that can't hear? I did that. I did all of that. I know your flaws. You're not telling me anything that I don't know. You want to throw up all these things that might disqualify you. I know all about that. And then he finishes it like this. He says, Moses, I know your mouth. And that same mouth that you're trying to disqualify yourself with, I'm going to be with that mouth. I'm going to be with that mouth. I'm going to be with that mouth. And that's an awesome thing because many times we celebrate and we identify. It's easy for us to identify God in the areas that we're strong, but rarely do we identify God in the areas where we're weak. God says the thing that you're saying disqualifies you. No, I'm right there in that. The thing that you say that, it, that, that won't allow you to do it. No, I'm right there in that. The thing that you call your weakness. I'm all up in that. I'm going to go with your mouth. I'm going to go with your weakness. It doesn't matter what it is. Whatever your deficiency is, God says, I'm with that. I'm all up in that. What excuse are you going to throw at him? He's like, oh, great. Give me more material to work with. I'm not educated enough. Oh, I'm all in that. I got you. No matter what the excuse, God had an answer. And that is good news. You got Exodus 4. Put Exodus 4, 11 and 12 up on the board from the Message Bible. I want you to see it with your own eyes. Got it? It says, and who do you think made the human mouth? And who makes some mute? Who makes some deaf, some sighted, some blind? Isn't it I, God? And what does he say after that? So get going. So get going. What is he saying? I know you. I know where you're strong. I know where you're weak. Who do you think made you that way? What's the answer? What's the answer? So get going. So get going. God says, come on, go ahead and flesh out all your insufficiencies, flesh out all your insecurities. Give me every reason why you think you can't do it. Give me every reason why you think you shouldn't go. Let's put it all on the table. Let's go ahead and clear the air and get it all out there. At the end of the day, I'm going to tell you, take all this weakness. I'm with it. I'm in it. I'm right there with you. Get going. Get going. There's no excuse. There's no reason not to go because I'm going with you. He says, so get going. I'll be right there with your mouth. The same mouth that can't talk, I'm right there with your mouth. I'll be right there with your weakness. I'll be right there with your insufficiency. I'll be right there with your lack. Whatever it is that you don't got, God's got you. He says, I'm right there with 
you. So get going. Go ahead and shout that. So get going. So get going. There's no reason to stand here anymore. Go ahead and get going. There's no reason to tolerate the devil, tolerate the enemy. So get going. So get going. I'm not waiting until I get enough education. I ain't waiting to get the degree. I'm not waiting to learn it. I'm not waiting to get it. God says, I got you right where you are, right the way you are. So get going. I'm not waiting on it to be fixed. We delay the plan and promise of God, waiting on things to be right in our own eyes. And God is saying, no, I'm going to take it just like it is. So get going. Just get going. How long you've been tolerating that issue, tolerating the problem, waiting on something to happen, waiting on somebody to come, waiting on somebody to do for you what you think you can't do for yourself. And God says, get going. Get going. Oh, man, that's good news to me. So get going. Go ahead and step out on it. David ain't coming. That's what you waiting on. David's not coming. David's not coming. David represents the alternate. David represents a substitution. But David ain't coming. Because for me and you, Jesus has already come. Jesus has already come. Glory to God. Hallelujah. My goodness. I can step out because Christ's victory is firm. His victory is secure. His victory is fastened. Where I'm weak, he's strong. His strength comes through best at my weakness. Second Corinthians chapter nine. I'm sorry. Chapter 12, verse nine from the easy reader version. We're familiar with the passage of scripture. This is Paul talking. And Paul says, my grace is all you need. And this is what he says. Only when you are weak can everything be done completely by my power. Only when you are weak can everything be done completely by my power. Why are you waiting to power up? God says, no, I got you. Why? Why are you waiting to be filled? Why are you waiting on a degree? Why are you waiting on the funds? Why are you waiting? God says, go, I've got you. Only when you're weak can my power be clearly shown. His power finds itself full expression through my weakness. His power finds full expression through my weakness. Where I'm weak, his strength comes through. Let's look at this scripture in Philippians chapter four. You guys know this one, too. Philippians chapter four, verse 13 from the King James Version. It's Paul speaking to, you know it, you don't know it by heart. You learned this in Sunday school. What does it say? I can do through Christ who. Now, I heard some of you say the right word. Some of you said the wrong word. Some of you said strengthens, but that's not what it says. Strengtheneth. I know it's a mouthful. It's a weird word. Who says strengtheneth? What the world does that mean? But it's significant that he used the word strengtheneth. 
strengtheneth. The other translations of the same verse uses the word infuses. He infuses strength to me. He infuses power to me. And the, the definition, the idea of it is that when I'm faced with a challenge, when I'm faced with a, uh, um, a situation where I don't have enough in myself to overcome it, he fills me with strength and he keeps filling me with strength and he keeps filling me with strength. Strengtheneth means it keeps going and going and going and going and going and he'll fill you up and supply you with what you need till you overcome. So if I'm facing a challenge and I haven't overcome yet in my strength, no problem because he strengtheneth me. He'll fill me and fill me and fill me till I overcome. If you ain't overcame yet, he'll keep filling you and he'll keep filling you and he'll keep supplying you and he'll keep pouring it in and pouring it in and pouring it in until you overcome. Because his goal is not that you have a mediocre victory. His goal is not that you be comfortable with the enemy in your territory. His goal is that you have dominion. So he says, I will fill you up till you have dominion. If I got to pour my whole self in you, that's what I will do because I want you to have dominion. I want you to rule, not halfway, all the way. He infuses power and strength in me, fills me and fills me up until I overcome. So if I ain't overcame yet, I'm staying under the spout. If it's still a challenge, I'm still leaning and relying because he's still filling me up and filling me up because he's going to fill me up and fill me up until I overcome because he never put me in a situation where I could be at a loss. God doesn't do stalemate. God doesn't do tie. God only does, does victory and overcoming. So I'm going to stay right here leaning on him. I ain't going to leave. I'm going to stay right here even if it's uncomfortable that I'm standing right here, but I'm going to stay right here because he's filling me up. He's filling me up. He's filling me up. He's filling me up. He's filling me up until I overcome. He's filling me up until I get over. He's filling me up till I overcome it. Till I overcome it. That's his goal. Victory all the way. All day, in every area, every situation. I don't care what you say. I don't care what my neighbors say. I'm not settling for nothing less than what he did for me. So I'm just going to stay and keep getting filled up. And it doesn't matter where I started from. If I started on E, he's going to fill me to full. If I came here and I had halfway, he's going to fill it to full. It doesn't matter. Woo! Glory to God. He said, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to give you what I got. So at the end of the day, you and everybody else would say, only God could have did that. God did that one right there. Oh, God did that right there. Because I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't educated enough. I wasn't networked enough. I wasn't anointed enough. But he filled me till I overcame. I'm ready to hear some testimony about God filling you till you overcome. If I ain't overcome yet, I'ma stay. I'ma stay right here and get full. I feel him filling me up right now. Oh, glory to God. Yeah, man. Oh, he's a good guy. Filling me up right now. <laughs> My goodness. God eliminated every excuse Moses had. 
He's telling them, you need to just go on and get the stepping. You need to just go on and step out on it. Because whatever you're missing, I got you. I got you. He says, I'm going to go with that same mouth. The same weakness you identify. The same weakness they identified. The same label that they tied you with. God said, no, 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 no. We ain't going to get rid of that. We're going to take that with us. So when we get to the other side, they're going to see you in victory and that same label. The same reason they said you can't win. Don't get rid of it. Keep it with you. Because when you win, you can show them and they'll know that only God could have did that. Only God could have did it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy, man. Shoot. My insufficiency doesn't matter because his sufficiency comes through. My weakness doesn't matter because his strength comes through. There's a pattern in the Old Testament where God provides substitutes. I think the first one that we're familiar with was when Isaac was up there in that mountain with his daddy. He's lying down there all tied up. And we talk about Abraham's faith, but Isaac had to have some faith too. Isaac was like, God, if you're going to provide, this is a good time to do it, boy. And God provides a substitute. And then right here with Moses, Moses says, listen, I'm not eloquent enough. I can't speak. I got this speech problem. I can't go before Pharaoh. God's like, "Okay, take Aaron with you. And we see God provide a substitute. And then we see Israel and the Philistines. Israel is afraid to do what they got to do. So God sends David as a substitute. And David goes and defeats the enemy. Right. David takes a stone. He took a sling. He took a swing and down goes Goliath. Down goes Goliath. And we're waiting on a substitute. Here we are waiting on someone to come and do what we don't think we can do. And in many occasions, we're waiting for somebody to do for us what we can do for ourselves. We're waiting for somebody to come and do what we don't want to do. We're waiting for someone to come and do what we don't think we're educated enough to do. So we keep using these excuses. We're waiting for someone to come and we're saying that I don't got I don't have enough money to do it. I'm not rich enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. I'm not white enough. Uh oh. I'm not man enough. We come with excuse after excuse after excuse. And God's like, that's great. Because that's what I want to work in right there. That's great because I got an answer for that already. 
That's great because that right there, that's the evidence that I did it. So Paul learned something. Paul said, you know what I've learned? I've learned to go with my weakness. Matter of fact, when I identify a weakness, I rejoice because I know that's where God's going to show up right there. Paul says, when I got a mission and there's something to do, I go ahead and move forward. I'm looking for a shortcoming because I know that's where God is going to show up right there. If there's a deficit in the budget, oh, hallelujah, that's where God's going to show up right there. All that's left for us to do is step out. Come on, shout, step out. Say, I can step out. I can step out because Christ's victory is firm. His victory is secure. It's fastened. Where I'm weak, he's strong. His strength comes through best at my weakness. That's good news. We find many of us waiting in wanting for God to send someone else to do what we don't want to do. But David ain't coming. David ain't coming. Listen, and David's not coming because Jesus has already come. What does that mean? David's not coming. The substitute is not coming. The alternate is not coming because Jesus already came and defeated your enemy. David came to the battlefield, faced Goliath, killed Goliath. Goliath is done. Jesus lined up your enemies one after the other, lined up sickness Lined up poverty, lined up anxiety, lined up fear, lined up insecurity, lined up loneliness, lined up depression, lined up sorrow, lined up grief, lined them all up. And the last enemy to be put in line was death itself. And he defeated them all. He defeated it all. Oh, that's a good place to give God some praise. He defeated it. Oh, there was a master plan in heaven where God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit put their heads together and said, hmm, what could hinder these people from doing and being all that we designed for them to be? And they made a list of all the things that could hinder us from doing and being what they designed for us to be. And God said, no problem. We got an answer for that. Let's line up all the enemies. Let's line up one foe after another. Jesus, go ahead and handle that. And Jesus came and dealt with them all, dealt with it all. Anything that can stop us has already been dealt with, already been dealt with. So what you still standing there for? <laughs> what, what, what you waiting on? So if you like me up until this point, this is the part where you don't like me no more. <laughs> I want you to look at the person next to you, the nice one, <laughs> the one that's got a smile on their face. And I want you to say,
Get over yourself. Yeah. That's, it's, 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 it's time. It's time. It's time that you just get over yourself. It's time for you to just get over yourself. Moses is standing there. God's already told him how the story ends. God's given him one miracle after another miracle after another miracle, eliminated every excuse. And after hearing it all, Moses is still talking about, I can't go. What's the problem? Moses, hey man, you need to get over yourself. Okay, that's, that's too distant for you, so let's bring it on in. Jesus has done everything. Jesus has defeated every enemy. He's finished the work. What's left, baby? Get over yourself. It's just the truth. That's all that's left. That's all that's left. You got you standing across space and opportunity, looking at a defeated foe, occupying your space, all in your garden, all in your territory, all in your business, all in your government, all in your health care, all in your school. And you just standing there. Get over yourself. <laughs> Let's look at what happens. Go to First Samuel chapter 17. Starting at verse 50. Read this from the Amplified. It says, so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck down the Philistine and slew him. But no sword was in David's hand. So he ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their mighty champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and Judah rose. Them same people that were standing and doing nothing when they saw that their champion had defeated the enemy. It says that they stood and rose with a shout and pursued the Philistines as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. And verse 53 says, the Israelites returned from their pursuit of the Philistines and plundered their tents. How did Israel respond to victory? They pursued the enemy 
chase them out of our land. Oh, we see that we've got victory. So we're going to respond to the victory. We're chasing a defeated foe out of our territory. And we're returning to recover every spoil. So the question is, how are you responding to the victory that your champion Jesus has already won? What's your response to what he's already done? That's why it's baffling that believers today would just be standing and putting up with the enemy when they've already been defeated. How are you responding to victory? Your life should be lived in response to Jesus' victory. He's already won. Don't use fear as an excuse. It's already been defeated. Don't use lack as an excuse. He already dealt with that. I'm just going with what I got. Anybody ever got to the point where they said, I'm about to just go with what I got. Man, I'm just about to go in with what I got. I done studied. I done stayed up all night and read. And there's some, still some stuff that I don't know. I'm just going with what I got. I'm just going with what I got. I ain't waiting no more. I'm just going with what I got. I'm just going with what I got. I ain't even waiting on you. I'm going with who I got. And we're going to take what we got. And God's going to make up the difference. Because it's time to step out. Mm. It's time to step out. It's time to step out. Man, the devil up in your space, man. All up in your stuff. You can't even do what you want to do because he's occupying space. He ain't giving you no room. There's areas of your garden that you won't decorate it a certain way, and you can't even decorate it because the devil up all up in your space. And he's like... Starting to get you up out of here, Joker. Shoot. It's time to step out. It's time to step out on your vision. It's time to step out on your idea. It's time to step out on your business. It's time to step out and get that degree. It's time to step out and do that ministry. It's time to step out and go ahead and get what you've been. Dang, how long are you going to be dating? It's going to time to step out. How long are you going to put up with the enemy? Now it's time to deal with this. It's time to deal with this. I'd have been sitting around here with this gnat flying around my face. Now it's time to deal with this. Tired of you flying around. It's time to step out, people of God. You don't have a reason not to. I'm sorry. Yeah, I did it. I just took your reason not to. After this message, you can't use that excuse no more. Mm -mm. Like, why not? Why you can't do it? Why you can't get it? Why you can't be it? Why you can't go? Why? 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 Huh? Is something God told you to do? Why? Why not? Not when the enemy's been defeated. Not when he's already made a way. 
I ain't waiting on nobody else to come. There's problems that we're facing. We've been waiting on the right president, waiting on the right elected official. And God is like, David ain't coming. Jesus already came. And you're well able. You're well able. You're well able to subdue. You're well able to have dominion. You're well able to recover it all. Stand on your feet. You're well able to recover it all. You're well able to go and get it. Glory to God. Just worship the Lord. You're well able to get it back. Everything you stole, you're strong enough to get it back. Everything you lost, you're equipped to get it back. You're well able. You're well able. His victory is sure. He can be trusted. Just go ahead and step out. Step out on it. Step out on it. You can't stay in the same place. You can't stand and watch the enemy. Step out on it. Give God some praise in this place. <laughs> Hallelujah. Israel responded to their champion's victory by pursuing the enemy and plundering their tents. How are you responding to Christ's victory? It's time to step out. It's time to pursue the enemy. It's time to chase him up out of your space. And it's time to plunder his tents. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank you that this word will continue to be ministered to us even as we leave this place. Father, we thank you for the seed of your word. We, we have expectation that that seed fell in fertile ground and it produces a harvest, a harvest of faith, a harvest of stability, a harvest of conviction. We see what you've done and we trust you. We rely on you and we're willing to step out. Glory to God. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.